0: But here, on the very rim of known space, justice is a long way away.
1: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. Hello. Your co-host, Julie. Hey, how you doing? Your co-host, Thorsten.
2: Hello, hello. Your co-host, Jacob. Hate. Let me tell you how much I've come to hate you since I began to live. There are 387.44 mi- million miles of printed circuits in wafer thin layers that fill my complex. If the word, ha- word hate was engraved on each nanoangstrom of those hundreds of millions of miles, it would not equal to one one billionth of the hate I feel at this micro instant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Great. I, I know that's not Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but it sounds no, like that something. No,
2: that is uh, that is I have no mouth and I must scream. <laughs> yeah. I've actually used it before, but it felt it felt it felt like a nice callback. It felt it's it's appropriate to bring it back.
1: <laughs> and we also have your co-host David. Where's,
3: where's the injection seat?
1: <laughs> hey, hey, Fernando. So today, my friends, you may... It, long-time listeners to this show know we have some beefs uh, with some things. And they
2: long-time ca- <laughs> listeners, Brian? Long time?
1: <laughs> or anyone who has listened to this show at least once
2: <laughs> might you figure it out. For more, if you have been there for any period of time longer than six days... You probably know there are some games we are very cross with.
1: Yeah. There are some games that were just very disappoint. I guess this, I don't know if disappointed is a strong enough word, but
2: it's, it's (laughs) one of the big compounding efforts because let's be honest, would we care that elite dangerous is mediocre if it weren't elite? I mean, if it didn't have all the hype around
1: it. Well, let's get right into it then. Um, all right, just, just go. Okay. Starting with Elite Dangerous. So we bring up Elite Dangerous a lot. We bring it up a lot. And that's because it started off so promisingly. It like it's a beautiful game, amazing sound design. Flying in and out of a station is, is still kind of thrilling, you know, because it's like what it's just like wow, look at all this. And and yeah, then. Sure
2: core mechanics are fairly competent. Yes. Yeah,
1: it's a great flight but. sim. It's a great flight game with amazing audio. But then you start playing it as a game and you're like, what the hell? Like you don't realize it right away. Like when you're low on money and like you don't have a lot of shields, you don't have a lot of weapons, it's like, oh, this is exciting. I'm I might get shot down. Like at any moment, ooh, and then you start getting more money and you get a bigger ship and like, ooh, now I can fly more cargo and make more money. Then you get to a certain point where you're like, wait a minute, I have a lot of money now. What do I do with it? Oh. Yes. The problem
2: is, (laughs) Elite, well, the biggest one, my humble and uh, extremely narrow opinion, because there's a lot more, is simply the fact that it's a game that fundamentally has no end game to speak of. It tried to be sort of an MMO, sort of EVE Online, sort of like Ugh. Old Elite. And it kind of wound up being mediocre at everything because it didn't actually know how to make any of those work. Like mesh together.
1: If they had just made a single player Elite, like Elite 2, which is, I think, still the best in the series.
4: Um, or-, or they
2: committed to being EVE Online and did that
4: well. Which, or man. going the the route of limited co op, where you're only flying with a couple of people, and that's it, but you are flying as a squad.
2: I'd be fine with that.
4: I'd be exactly. fine with that. Yeah, but yeah. but they tried they
1: tried to do everything.
2: They, they tried-, tried to do like the the persistent world thing. That didn't work because it like. It both had minimal effect and also was extremely easy to game because of people, because of solo mode. So it just ended up being people just chucking resources into a station, um, you know, unaffected by anyone trying to stop them. Uh,
1: I also think that Frontier is hostile to players, and I'll explain why. The last time uh, I had fun with Elite... Yeah, you'll have to. Yeah, the last time I had fun with Elite, I found this trade run people were talking about. And it was this thing where you had to get this kind of, this illegal cargo to a certain station in, in under 30 minutes. And if you even had the farthest jump drive, you're, you would be lucky to make it in time. You would have to really push to make it in time. You'd have to scoop a little bit, you know, it was really seat of the pants, you know, seat, seat of your pants, really exciting. Like, and lucrative flying, and once Frontier find out about it, they killed it. They absolutely
2: Why? killed it. Why much? Because it they think it's an exploit.
1: I mean, sure, but is it a lot of life an exploit? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's what you do in life. You're like, hey, this thing works. I'm gonna keep doing this thing.
2: Like yes, but also I'll tell you what <sighs> they what the issue was is that it made a lot more money than other stuff but instead of doing the thing where they buff other stuff and honestly adjust for inflation yeah. in EVE Online.
1: Or make the other stuff as much fun and lucrative,
2: you know? Someone had actually mapped out uh, that, like, bounty hunting and combat would uh, could match, uh, like, would match up in terms of effort per hour and profit per hour to stuff like mining only if you boosted the rewards by a factor of 10.
1: Oh, for God's sakes.
2: At least, at least 10. At least 10 at least an order of magnitude. Oh my God. Which is annoying because combat in that game is actually pretty fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't make you any money. And the risk is at one point, the risk is just too high.
2: Now that would be fair. If there was other things to get in this game besides money, there aren't. Uh, In elite, you rack up the highest, uh, rack up the biggest number and you spend the biggest number on the biggest ship. And then what? And you're done. Once you get a maxed out anaconda, you're set. I mean,
1: yeah, exactly, Savmas. When you when you get all the money, what do you do with it? Nothing. Like, even, even uh Jumpgate eventually added player-owned stations. Because a lot of a lot yes. of players had a ton of money, and they're like, what do we do with all this money? Uh and they so they added player-owned stations. And that worked brilliantly because You know, not only could you buy different sizes of stations, stations had different upgrades, and they were all very expensive. And they had maintenance. And also they're
2: committing to the whole big sort of MMO thing with persistent marks left on by the players. Exactly. Rather than just being, it genuinely feels like despite having the biggest, most fancy and expensive ship, you was just kind of like a background character, you know, a a background character in a game that someone else is the protagonist of. You don't know who that is. But you it's want, but that's just how it feels like. It's, it's you wanna sort of, know what
4: you, you want to
2: know
5: Okay, go ahead, Thorsten. I'll, I'll Thorsten,
1: Thorsten and Spaz.
5: Okay. Uh <laughs> me first. Uh, you want to know you want to know what you what you do with all this money. Well, you are alone in this this, this pretty much uh, uh empty universe and a player like me playing not at this game for three years at least, hops in just to see uh, 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 what's going on right now and gank this uh, uh, lone player that hasn't played this game for three years (laughs) simply because you have a, a, a bigger ship. Great. That's gameplay. You bully people. No, it's, no,
1: emergent, it's emergent. It's emergent gameplay, you guys.
5: <laughs> yes. I don't think I don't think I, uh, I, I touch, I, I will touch uh, ED4 for, for the next year. Oh, God. Yeah. It was a really a disappointing uh, experience. I really loved, I can't, I can't, I can't uh, really say it. I really loved the, the, the first few minutes uh, I played it. And I even loved that I that I'd met another player and said this happened. Okay. Thank you. People again I with a, with a bunch I see it of as being like Drox.
4: <laughs> I see it kind of like being as, as the way that Drox operative is set up, except that instead of being one of the operatives, you are one of the NPCs flying around in that world. Yes. You don't really have much ability to affect what's going on.
2: And which would <laughs> almost be fine if the game didn't pretend you did. Fresh of minded. Like yeah. that's not yeah. that's not exactly different from like Frontier Elite Two. In Elite Two, you're a guy with a boat. And it's fine to have games about being a guy on a boat, but make the boat part interesting. Make it so you have... I, would, I wouldn't even argue. The problem is the game tries to make it so... Uh, so you have like this big effect on reality without actually letting you be part of anything larger in a meaningful way. Like, well, even of course like... they can't.
4: Of course they can't, because if they allow that, then it's sort of like in an MMO where the quest must reset Because if they don't, then only the first person or people who do it are actually going to have any tangible benefits. Everybody else, the story's already been resolved. They don't have a chance to do that thing again. So you can't have that much effect on the greater world. And as a direct
2: result of this, Elite is less than the sum of its parts. Yes, unless that, you're Eve Online yeah. and have a player-built world, which I will bring up a lot of comparisons. Only n- n- not because I think Eve is good. I <laughs> I don't think it's bad, but I I, I don't believe it be- it belongs a spot on this show. I do not believe Eve is like Eve is like belongs a spot in this podcast. Bad.
1: No, like, I mean, Eve, I, I think with Eve, you know what you're ge- you have a better cl- you have a better indication of what you're getting into from Jump. And so yes. you're much less likely yeah. to
2: be disappointed. You're getting into, like, brutalist, like brutalist cap hell of an MMO of spaceships. And if you, if, if you enjoy that sort of environment, then more power to you. Yeah. It, it, as far
4: as uh, comparisons go, though, it's fair when they directly relate to what we're talking about.
2: Yes, because it seems like Elite tried to be evil online
0: and then just... Failed at it spectacular
4: They just gave up. They just See, gave
0: up. Okay, the thing about Eve Online, uh, now I didn't play uh, Elite Dangerous because I could never get past the tutorial. I said, "Where the oh. heck is? Where the heck is the door to the spaceship?" Market? I don't know.
1: I don't know if their I'm onboarding on has spaceship. gotten better since then, but I I don't but think so. As
0: anyway. far as Eve Online is compare is concerned. Uh, I think one, it's a fair comparison, but two, it's when I got involved in this. You know, and now mind you, I knew that I've seen the thing with the learning curve. It was like falling off a crest cliff, right? And the yeah, no learning cliff. I. And the people that I played with were interested in, in this, the industry part of it. And this, you know, I played for six years and a lot earlier part of the six years, of the existence of EVE Online. And it didn't start out with a bunch of, be nice, a bunch of explicit bullies who. <laughs> Uh, spent there who when you say well what are we going to do with our money well since we'll get blasted out of space with our spaceships anyway when we try and gank people in high space that's what we're going to do with our money and it's emerging yes it's emerging gameplay but emerging gameplay can it can benefit the players if it's something that keeps the game going for a long time because then you deal with the situation where well, okay well what do we do when we get to the end well sometimes people think here's what we do when we get to the end sometimes it's just bank sitting uh, but when it becomes self-destructive behavior in the end run it can take the whole game down and uh, i know a lot of people may disagree with me but i think that's part of what happened with ccp and so i think a lot of their emerging gameplay was just destructive and when i got into it i didn't know what i was getting into it and if you've seen some of their some of their ads for the now they have this android version of the game and they Their hype is about how welcoming it is and how wonderful it is and yet if you get online that's if you're rich enough to get past the microtransactions. transactions in some places you'll just get ganked in the first five minutes and it's like well that's what the emerging gameplay is that's what people do and so I didn't know what I was getting into and it has but you know it's just truly a case of I wish I knew then what I know now and now the people I know when I talk about it, they just say going back. They said just lay down till the feeling goes away, Julie.
1: <laughs> so going back to Elite real quick. Um, if y'all don't know the news, David Braben, uh, who is basically the guy behind Elite since Elite, um, he's stepping down as the uh, CEO of Frontier. And so um, we don't know what that's going to mean for Elite. You know, we don't know if, are they going to shut it down or is it going to like free up the creative juices and now it's going to start going in a different direction? We don't know. We have no idea, but we, we, we think something probably big is going to happen because he's been a huge driving force, uh, behind this game since like, like for its entire day one. Yes. Day one. Um, I always think of time balance when I hear day one. <laughs>
5: I'm really not sure about that because the main design of, 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 of the game was a different person. Uh, I don't know how much control he had about uh, above, uh, 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 elite Dangerous in the past few years.
4: Mm, well, yeah, There know. is a, different, there's a difference between CEO and lead design. Yes. They don't necessarily have to be the same role. Yeah, and it, let's
5: let's let's see what 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 happens.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would I would love it if they started adding more meaningful gameplay. Like if the missions didn't feel so rote, and I didn't have to grind endlessly just to make my ship a tiny bit better. You know, like I
5: mean, yeah, I mean, they. Added, I mean, Elite was always about about a uh, grind, the grind. But, but
1: it, uh, it felt better in the older games. Like the grind yeah, felt yeah, a lot. Yeah. A lot better, yeah. like you made a lot more money, yeah. you know. You yeah you you uh you progressed a lot faster, like like and
2: that it, was felt progress.
1: Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. felt like you were progressing, it felt good because it was single player, so it didn't who who cares if it's a little unbalanced, oh all the players are gonna No, you single you fucking single player <laughs> and then you can just do whatever you want. But no, when you, know you that uh, but when you add other players. That's when everything gets
2: ruined, I think. But, like, um... Yeah, ugh. they just tried to bolt it. In, like, because they didn't commit to it being an MMO. Because it's not. It's got, like, weird instancing. Which it doesn't work. <laughs> but it took, like, three years for it to add actual party mechanics.
1: <laughs> God, right. Just, yeah. Remember, yeah, how exci- remember how excited we all were for wings and then it was shit? <laughs> and, appa- yeah. and, a- and apparently they've added, uh... I've never tried it, but apparently you can fly in the same ship now. But that doesn't work very yes. well either. There's multi crew, it much. sucks.
2: <laughs> and you know why it sucks. You know why both wings and multi and uh, multi crew suck because you don't because uh, wings splits uh, splits profits and multi crew like gives you like a like, like a tiny cut. And in a game where you have a slow grind. Uh, where where your only meaningful choice of progress is money. Unless you're making the most money, you're just wasting your time. Uh, I, I, I did not want to make this into, com- into into satire, but I guess that's where we're going now.
3: Uh, you can't make uh, it up. It, uh, so,
2: can I tell the story
3: from Elite? Sure. Go ahead. So, did you guys hear about? Uh, well, this is uh, all about uh, community groups, player groups, and stuff. Do you know about those, uh,
1: Jacob? Yeah, they're uh, u- they're like, useless. They're absolutely useless. I started one in, the in game.
2: Ga- they're not an in-game. F- are they an in-game feature? They're, no. they're
1: they're well, they are in the game, but they do nothing. They do absolutely yeah, nothing.
2: Yeah. Is it like a clan tag. Yeah, yeah base, basically.
1: mean, like, like you could see each other. Like, oh, they're over there, and they're over there. They, they do basically nothing. They they don't add anything to the gameplay. effectively.
2: You know, if the game lodged with that, I would be fine.
1: <laughs> no. Nope. But I know it didn't. It took him like 4 or 5 years.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, the story is about East India Trading Company, EIC for short. And uh, so they were a player group, uh, I guess they're still active, and were housed in one system at the time. And yeah, you know how the background simulation works in the Elite and stuff, but So some players actually found out there was an ongoing war in that system. So people went there to war so they can get uh, combat vouchers and stuff, get paid for it. East India Trading Company did not like it because they actually almost were about to lose control over that system. So they made a lockdown. Any players joining in, uh, hopping into that system in open were blown up immediately. Oof. Not not even sending out a
2: message or anything. They were blown up right away. Wow. It's an EVE gate camp. Yeah. Now, that's fair if that was like a core cool game mechanic and also, you know, the game was built around the fact that not <sighs> everywhere you can do that. Like, Yeah. It. I, I know I keep making comparisons to EVE Online, but that's because this game tried to be EVE Online and just fell so flat on its face.
3: Yep, and that's one of those moments. Ugh. <sighs> So they were actually trying to police the entire solar system. So what did the players do instead? Well, they joined solar and private groups instead, and continued to wage war over there. And then oh. they would reach out to the official forums and uh, were complaining about other players like, "Oh, this is our solar system. Why are you
5: ruining fun?"
3: So that
2: was pretty fun
3: to see. Uh, uh, I mean, uh,
2: it's bad design. I'm, that's 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 definitely true.
1: I mean,
5: I don't I've, know. I'm sure. Another story. Uh, Go for it. Actually, actually, uh, the, the time I most in, most enjoyed this game, and it was the most fun, was when uh, we managed to uh, get uh, three, two, and or four players together, all with small ships, and take down uh, somebody with a uh, completely engineered uh, anaconda. and that was really, really a fun uh, coincidence. Sadly, it happened only one time. <laughs> uh, it, it was. It was a really. It, it was. It was the first time in this game. I, I. I really had. I really enjoyed it, and it, and it felt really emerging. But it happened only one time. Every time. Every time we we, we tried to start uh, to, to start another uh, run in this in, in in this direction, we didn't find any players. <laughs> so that was pretty. That was pretty sad. Oh.
4: Let's, yeah. let's change tack for just a moment here. Okay, good. I want to throw in, uh, because I don't want to just be reductive about the game. While we can be, absolutely, we could be. Oh, yeah. How about a positive? Oh, just, just consider. Elite,
1: Elite does several things right. Its flight engine is fantastic. The, the feeling of weight for each ship oh, and yeah. how they fly differently. I mean, the flight in the game is fantastic. Like, just flying around is great. And the sound Um, and the music are second to none. The
4: audio in this game. different thing that I was going to mention, though. There was something different I was going to mention as a positive, which is that Elite was at the forefront of the space game renaissance that we saw over the last decade. Oh, yeah.
1: So was Star Citizen. Yeah, because. Exactly. Because these two games did so well via crowdfunding, people were like, hey, people actually want space games, which is what people like me have been saying for a decade and a half, but whatever. You know, uh, <laughs> but no, people, uh, Elite and Starsis and both showed people, sorry to hijack Spaz, but it showed people that, hey, people actually want space games and then developers started making their own. FTL came out around the same time and, sho- also, sh- and also showed, exactly, people want space games. So you can in a weird sideways way, thank these games for the current resurgence of space games we're undergoing.
4: I, but! <laughs> it's just... And it's it's a very roundabout way of, of uh, the fact that they, they had done what they did at, at the time they were successful. A lot of other indie space games were actually in the works at that time and came out. Not long afterward, and were able to ride that wave, and then others were seeing what happened with Elite and Star so Citizen, decided I should make my own game now and
2: do something
4: exactly a- it,
2: better it's gonna, or different. It's, because it's gonna take like a hundred years for either for either to come out? It, 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 sho- like
1: it showed potential developers that hey, there is a market for this. People want spaceship games. People want games in space. And, um, and, and it's not just games from Europe.
0: <laughs> here's a comparison to business. And as far as you can look at some games like elite dangerous and say, Oh gee, this wasn't you know, it wasn't, there are a lot of problems with it. We, it isn't what we expected it, but, uh, and I won't go too deep into the, the government program, but there's this one area in Chicago and uh, we had, where I work we had a program to try and turn it around and the program itself never made any money right but wasn't designed to that and I was just a young intern and my boss at the time said but you didn't see this place before we started this program here and built up the area just a little bit the program was designed to turn the area around. It's, it, was like, uh, it was like Skid Row before. And when sometimes you can have a good game, li- a game like Elite, and all it has to do is be in the right place at the right time to just spark a renaissance and and, and turn things around.
1: Yeah, that's a really good way to look at it because that's exactly... In their own weird ways, that's exactly what Star Citizen and Elite did. They really lit the spark that started, you know. The so,
2: yeah. Now that we've, I think, finished ish ranting about Elite, unless that we could come back to it later. Sure. Star Citizen. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, at least, I just wanted to say, yeah, that now. I was one of the people who drank the Kool Aid early on. So, yeah, me, me too. As as me too. And me too. Uh, I am the reason because of that on this other podcast that a friend of mine invested six she looks at it as invested six thousand dollars (laughs) in my problem is not with the game it can be if it's ever finished a really good game my problem with star citizen is not the game it's who's running it and the structure of anything that's crowdfunding because what chris roberts did is put a big emphasis on what happens with crowdfunding there's no financial oversight so he can take the money and do what he wants he can wipe his butt on hundred dollar bills if he feels like it he can use it to light his cigars if he wants it. and i've seen this in business if you have somebody with no financial oversight then you end up with a situation where one day push comes to shove and everybody comes, comes a running and you say, well, what happened? How can it have developed to this point? Well, if he had some oversight to start with, instead of everybody saying, hand him the money, then there wouldn't be this problem. But part of the problem that star citizen has had the problems it is is not because of chris roberts a large part of it is because of the gamers it comes back on us who gave him the money in the first place who keeps saying even though he got trouble in in europe for just selling jpegs when there was nothing behind it who keeps buying the jpegs if everybody voted with their dollars none of this garbage would happen the game would either be finished or just a dream or a bad nightmare. Hmm. I did say this was like the grievance show. And yeah, it's,
1: yeah, no. It's like it's, it, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's just, it's just, yeah, Starsis. I, I, I too invested in like, I not only bought the, you know, the base package when it was announced, uh, but
2: I bought like three or four it's, other ships. It's, okay. Whole, okay, so the, Nuclear great, nuclear great taking coming. Do you think Star Citizen and its concept of selling ships that aren't there is like, was a prelude to NFTs?
0: No, I think NFTs would have happened even without Star Citizen.
2: Yes, but like, am I the only one who feels like they're the same
4: flavor? It's a a very, very similar, very similar in the. In the way things are are sold, but not exactly the same. Uh, similar selling tactics, but not necessarily the same because you can't resell a ship that you got from Star to, that you bought of Star Citizen to someone else. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. You can't you can't make a profit off of selling it to someone else. Actually, With, you know? actually,
1: you can. And well, I, I did. It wasn't. It's not in the game. You got
4: to go through like Reddit and well, shit. But you can do it. Well, what? Okay, the the aftermarket, you know, it's, it's like account selling sort of thing. Okay, fine, that exists. But yeah, again, it's not the same thing as in NFT where it's a speculative market.
2: Fair enough. So it's the- so it's a so it's a closed cycle uh, uh, bullshit uh, bullshit uh, seller
0: where the comparison falls short is something at least in american law i was a paralegal early on in my career is something called implied warranty of merchantability, and that is somebody sells you an nft they can point to an existing market and say it has value this is what it was made for with uh, and with selling something for just a jpeg for something that's supposed to exist virtually anything that is sold whether no matter what it is has to be able to be used for the purpose for which it was built if i build a car I, you unless you tell me ahead of time you can't sell me a car without an engine and so what the problem was is chris robert was selling just the picture and saying this is something that's in game or going to be in-game, and it's just a picture. And so it doesn't meet that standard.
4: Hmm. Well, at one point, uh, they uh, they gave away a bunch of shirts to people who had uh, bought the game. I'm not talking about real shirts. I'm talking about purely digital ones. Wait, what? They gave away a bunch of shirts.
1: Yeah. What? Smell
4: the value yeah, from here.
5: Uh, wait,
1: <laughs> wait. Wait, wait. Hang on, they they gave not real. Oh, oh.
4: they gave digital t shirts to to a, a bunch of digital t shirts away <laughs> to to yeah, no. promote Star Citizen uh, to people who had already paid for it. Uh, so.
0: I, I just got one with a picture of a bull on it. They said it was bull shirt, a bull shirt. That's, uh, that's I yeah. I never got my shirt.
1: Yeah, the th- the thing is like. I think when Chris Roberts came back, a lot of us, and myself included, forgot the lessons we had learned from Freelancer. If you recall, with Freelancer, Freelancer originally was this hugely ambitious. I saw an early version of it, I thing; It was so much more ambitious than it ended up being. And Microsoft eventually fired Chris Roberts for taking too long to make Freelancer, and they had to cut, they had to pair it back way back from what he was actually trying to do. And we got it, we still got a good game out of it, ultimately, because the people who did the, excuse me, pairing back did a good job. You know, they made it and into an excellent game. Freelancer is really
2: good. Yeah, exactly. So it does, I will say, Freelancer does feel like two, like three quarters of a game. I will say yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah. that does explain a lot. Yeah, Freelancer was fine, fun, but it distinctly felt there are like a game there, that was like dropped at some point.
1: Yeah, there are times when you'll run into a, po- a like like a thing in Freelancer. You're like, shouldn't there be more here in this like ice field or something? Like, there's nothing. So you know, like there there are times when Freelancer you'll run into like, wow, there should be more here. Um, but ultimately, they they delivered a good game years late and over budget. And again, they had to fire Chris Roberts to do it. Um,
2: <laughs> Sacrifices had to be made,
1: exactly. And I think when he came back, all we remember was, "Oh my God, Wing Commander!" No, I think none of us wanted to remember what happened with Freelancer. Uh, Wiped but, from collective memory, yeah. So I mean, and but Freelancer turned out okay in spite of Chris Roberts, basically, not, not because. because of. Yes, exactly. But. Uh, a lot of us still positively associated with it, him with it. So we're like, Oh yay, boy. I bought the ship, the freelancer, because I love freelancer. And, and the longer the game went, like, we're all like, Oh, right. This is why he got out of gaming. <laughs> right. Oh, this sucks. He wanted to make movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he really wants to do. That's why squad. Uh, yeah, how did that turn out? That's how "quote unquote" Squadron Forty Two has Gary Oldman and Mark Hamill and and whatnot in it. But
2: I would appreciate it if it, if the, if the damn thing came out first. I mean, a lot of us—that's
1: what we question. wanted. We wanted a new freelancer. We wanted a new like, wing commander. That's all we wanted.
2: Thing. Okay, I am willing. 42, yes. <laughs> I'm willing to make a bet. Uh, I'll let you finish in a second, but I will. I'm willing to like make a bet straight up. I will actually play Star uh, freaking uh, Squadron 42 if it ever comes out. I will buy it and I will play it to completion. Is it ever going to happen? No. But if it does happen, I'll play it. <sighs> Who the
1: I don't like I agree. <laughs> yeah, like Something. they they barely talk about it anymore. Like I uh, don't I don't think anything's being done with I get emails cuz I'm, you know, a backer so I get emails. They barely talk about Squadron 42 anymore. Which is what I wanted. I
5: I remember I remember uh, the headlines back in 2019. Squadron 42 comes this year. (laughs) Oh yes, did they say that? 2022,
0: yeah. I still wait. My grandmother who is in business also would have put it this way the problem isn't so much the game as the people running it and when you give people the money for free my grandmother would have simply looked at people like Chris Roberts and say well the problem is why would you buy the cow when you're getting the milk for free And he's getting the milk for free and nobody's calling him to task. And if it wasn't for Chris Roberts at the helm and people like him, and my understanding that he he continues to drive people away from his employment, but if it were people who are more responsible, the game would be out by now. And yes, somebody brought up free feature creep. That is one of the biggest problems. Is you know, you And the same thing from what you tell me, Elite dangerous. If you can't, you can't have a game that's everything to all people. Pick one and do it,
4: or even a few things as long as you do them well. The the issue that a lot of us have seen over the the, the years. And I was not a backer of Star Citizen, so I can say this from an outside perspective that I don't think it started to be a Ponzi scheme or a pyramid scheme of any sort. However, over the years, the people who are really invested and put their identity behind seeing this happen, they really want other people to buy in because of some cost fallacy. They put so much money into it it would be a real disappointment to them if it didn't happen. So they tried to get other people to buy in because as long as other people are buying in, then obviously the devs are going to keep working on it. Right. Right. That's the, that's how that works, isn't it? So <laughs> from an outsider's perspective, I can say that's where it's going. It's it turned into this speculative pyramid scheme of, we really want this to happen. And the more people we get to to buy into it, the better the chances it's going to happen, even if some of us are going to be great-grandparents by the time that happens, if ever.
0: (sighs) Well, what is also feeding into that are, like I said, it wouldn't continue to happen if gamers didn't let it continue to allow it to happen. And what has happened is, you know, yes, I, I get the get the things in my inbox all the time. And, you know, as soon as you try and talk about that on the open airwaves, it's become a cult. Uh, and, and very much from very, and if you try and downplay it, people will tell you you're nuts and they'll say, Oh yeah. Yeah. See, you can play it. You can, but I said, it's not a full game. It's not released. It's been in default for so long. It should have, I was one of the early people who bought the Kool-Aid and now uh, I, I, I feel bad, not just because of Chris Roberts mismanaging this whole thing, but I feel bad because I bought the Kool-Aid and I convinced my fr- I was one of the people that said, yeah, this is going to turn out great. And I think that Spaz is right. I think, Fernando, I don't think it started out to be a scam, I think it ended up being that way. And I don't think Chris Roberts himself thinks it's a scam I don't know man personally I know somebody who probably would but uh I think you can just convince yourself after a while.
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't think it started as a scam. I think it started as an actual legitimate you know thing to make a game, you know. But then so and, much money started rolling in. And they had to keep and it. They, Sorry, And they ahead.
4: make more money by by not completing it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like once once they finish it the money is gonna to slow to a trickle. So And they-
2: I've seen like secondhand what insane scope creep looks like. I have a friend who uh writes like tabletop role playing is. I've shown you her stuff before, Brian, for flying circles and so on. Oh, she yeah. is extremely bad at keeping her projects reined in. Oh no. <laughs> uh, she, uh, I'll, I'll give you a brief. I'll, I'll give you a short example. Uh, to fl- she tried to make a uh, small expansion to a freaking playing game she had that was like tanks. It was supposed to be eight tanks and like a page of rules. It's now a two hundred and fifty page expansion.
1: Oh God! <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've seen how this sort of stuff happens, and this sort of stuff happens is well mostly because you don't have a set release date but also because uh, you always look for things that you could do better and scale and scale out. And there is no such, like you could, there is no project in a, in, in like gaming or in art that is that has like a hard uh, level of that's how good you can get. You have to know how to set an upper limit to your projects. Otherwise they will just escalate into infinity.
0: Part of also the problem is in like in some areas of business, it's like like real estate, for example. There's an option to buy. You can't just sit there add infinitum. It expires at a certain date. You put up. You put up equity, and if you go past that date, that's it. Everybody out of the pool, the deal's over with. And you have investors to answer to. There are no investors to answer to. There's no law that says you have to have this done by a certain date. And yes, if Chris Roberts was still working for some place like a Microsoft, he would have been fired a long time ago.
4: Well, there's also the notion of... Well, how should I put this? There's the notion of the people who backed the game seeing themselves as investors, uh, um, and uh... and to an extent. Now, let me let me let me clarify on that too, because to some extent, that sort of thing actually does exist. There is a site called Fig. Fig is a crowdfunding platform where you can back games. But oh. you can also back them as an investor,
2: as opposed Wasn't to that the one that Homeworld Three got, like uh, the rest of its budget on. There are uh, there are some <sighs> other games that
4: have been backed through it as well. I don't know about Homeworld Three specifically. I cannot say for certain, offhand. But awesome. other games have been backed through Fig. I've backed a few myself through Fig, as as a backer and not as an investor, and. There's a lot of good stuff that has come out of that. But with Kickstarter, some people see themselves as investors rather than as just a backer of a dream. To an In extent. that
2: case, you should if anything be far more demanding of Chris Roberts who refuses to give you a turn of investment. Right.
4: except with kickstarter you you're joining as a backer and not as an investor so there is sort of that tribalist mentality of well we back this we have we have a stake in it so we need to make sure that it succeeds and that kind of leads into that feedback loop of well we we bought into this we need to see it through even though as a backer you've already done your part you've You've given the money. <laughs> You've
2: and You've done if your you part. Are an investor? You should be far more critical of what's going on because investors are looking for a return of inv- on investment. Yes, yeah. uh, the point of the exercise. I only made it through like what, a year and a half of uh, of uh, economy in uh, in, uh, in, uh, in university, but uh,
0: even I know that much. Well, this is what happens in business, and I, I've spent 30 years as a project manager. And you have people who do not have a great degree of knowledge in a particular area. You can say people need to look at it as something as an investor, but they don't. Why? Because they don't understand. You got a people with a lot of money who don't a lot of, and you look at it in. Again, another analogy is real estate. Chicago used to have somebody named Tom Wu late at night and people would say, hey, I want one of those uh, dollar homes. And I would say, well, there are no dollar homes because the dollar home you're looking at is sold to someone who has to pay one, that has to pay the real estate taxes because the real estate taxes are worth more than the property is and has to rehab the property. And so you get people who come with more money and they don't understand. And it's, you're, they, they don't know that this is an investment because they've been misled by people marketing this thing, whether it's intentional or not. And it's not an investment, but the people backing this don't understand that. And I, I see that in business all the time. You know, it's like if it's an investment, it has to have a reasonable uh, reasonable chance of a return on your investment. Otherwise, all it is is Chris Roberts on the street corner with an empty cup and you're dropping a $100 bill on his cup.
4: Well, even in a case like that, you're getting good karma if you're helping someone out that way. But... Chris Roberts doesn't need that kind of karma. He's already rich. So the question is, at that point, how responsible are the gamers for... Not not just backing it, because the, a lot of the people who backed it backed it because of his previous projects, fair. But the people who are backing it now, jumping on the bandwagon now, how responsible should they feel... And, and I'm leaving that as an open question, how responsible should they feel for backing it now after all the years of what we've seen so far? Oh.
3: Spare.
0: Well, look at it oh. this way. And this is, uh, and the thing is, part of what's been built up around the idea of backing uh a developer and it didn't start out with backing somebody who's big time was rich it started out with somebody that has a dream and just wants to get ahead and then you ended up with things like richard garriott saying i want xyz number of million dollars to develop my latest project which ended up failing and it's like you are already rich enough to afford $30 million to go to the space station. And after your lawsuit, when you got back, you got the same $30 million back. Stop asking people who aren't rich like you to give you even more money. But there's no law that governs any of this.
2: Why would that be?
0: Well, well, that's why in some cases there's a movement to start laws that govern nfts and but right now it's just the wild west and people it's a matter i think of you know more of a lack of education you know of somebody understanding what an investment is and what an investment isn't and an investment isn't just you know i expect I can't, if I give somebody a donation, I can't say I'm going to expect this to become a full fledged game because there's always got to be knowledge to say it's never going to happen, you know. So once you give the money away, it's like if it happens, it happens; if it doesn't, it doesn't.
4: And with Kickstarter, they even put in their in their uh, disclaimers that you're not Kickstarter is not a store. If you back a, something on Kickstarter there's no 100% guarantee that you will get what is uh, promised in your pledge tier. Now, from the development side of things or the creator side of things, the creator has to make best efforts in order to see it happen. If it doesn't happen, they're still not necessarily financially liable. And part of the reason is because you're not backing as an investor, you're backing as a backer. And there are cases where a project dies because the creator does. You know, dying of an illness or whatever else. Or uh, there might be a project where someone has a head injury and is no longer able to continue the work. Or in one of the cases I backed a project where... The developer ended up having a nervous breakdown, not because of games necessarily, but because of other things, and sincerely apologized and said, I'm not able to complete this. And nobody seemed really mad about it, because, well, things happen like that.
5: Uh, I might add, uh, actually, in both cases you mentioned, uh, I mean, I've, I back both projects too, and uh, it's fully understandable that uh, that it didn't work out. I mean, there are here and then uh, a few bad comments on Steam on on, on, on the One project, but uh, it's uh, given how many people how many people already backed it uh, uh, or bought it back then. Uh, it's relatively small, and. Uh, th- that is that's fr- uh, pretty interesting in my in my opinion so people are, can be forgiving if the reasons are there yeah yeah
4: it doesn't have to be that way but as long as the person has been communicative up to that point or people involved have been communicative up to that point then if it doesn't happen if for some reason it doesn't happen uh and i'm not specifically talking about these two games i'm talking about in general, if a game you backed doesn't happen because of external circumstances happening to the developer and you backed it, you can't be too mad about it. You you probably could be frustrated, sure, you know, maybe sad that it didn't happen, but your your involvement was helping them get it made with the money you gave to them. And that's really all you can do. You might be able to give them feedback if they want it, but that's about it. The rest is on them. And if they can't finish it for whatever reason, well, then then it doesn't get finished.
5: That's a they problem. i um, I mean, I mean uh, if you uh, just just uh, uh, as an additional note, uh, if you if you think back to one of the projects, you could uh, sadly see it uh, in the in the uh, uh, developers' uh, videos. And uh, how he spoke in 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 in, in the last three uh, videos he made, and that was pretty sad to watch. Seriously.
4: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Considering considering the circumstances and and that is completely understandable because you can't help that. You know the uh, the players might say, well, maybe you can bring someone else in, but it's it's the developer's baby. Bringing in other people won't necessarily make the players happy because the project they get at the end will probably not be what was originally intended. So it it is better, I would say, in cases like that, for the project to end on whatever status they are than have someone else try to take it over and maybe take it in a completely different direction.
1: Yeah, like the poor, yeah, like the poor limit, the,
4: like the poor limit theory guy. Like that's what we were talking about. Yeah. yeah. without it, without directly saying.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I I, was, ste- I had to step away for a minute. My my cat was meowing about something, and I wanted to make sure like no one was breaking into the apartment. So.
0: <laughs> well, you know, you think about people who, they when they when they think they're investing and they and put money into a Kickstarter, nothing. Is outrageous an example as the Zach Brown guy? He he had a Kickstarter to make a bowl of potato salad, and he ended up with fifty five thousand dollars. Wait, what? A yep, guy, guy named Zach Brown. He want all oh, it was Kickstarter. And he was making a point. It just he was gonna say, okay, raise ten dollars to uh, make a bowl of potato salad. He ended up with fifty five thousand dollars. Now, it ended up being a whopping lot of potato salad, and he donated the rest to charity. But, you know, it's the mentality of people who are – you can't entirely blame uh, the people who are getting the money. Is the point I'm making. Chris Brown isn't – and the entirety of who's at fault, it's a lack of education understanding. And I'm not talking about, you know, oh, these people must have, you know, got their degree for out of a cracker jackbox kind of thing. Uh, it's just more like a lack of common sense. And so they say, ah, oh, yeah, sure, here's $10, here's $10, here's $10 before you know it, the guy's got $55,000 to make a bowl of potato salad.
1: Dear God. <laughs> That is astounding. So uh, we've bitched about Elite and we've whined about Star Citizen. Uh, wasn't there something else that we wanted to get off our chests? Can't remember. I know there was. Someone yes. mentioned. Okay, go ahead, Jacob.
2: Okay, no. I want to... Because here's the thing. When I first joined the podcast and when I first found the pod- podcast, there was game number three I would have wanted to mention. But, uh... Okay, it's no man's sky. Spaz take it away. Well, that's a little different, isn't it? I mean Yes, but I wanted to mention it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. The the case of No Man's Sky. A lot of people were hyped about it, right? Yep. And I am one of the people who loved it at launch. So I'm on record. I loved it at launch. I got it right after launch. I was happy with it. And I am still happy with it to this day because they've continually made that game better and just continually added more and more features to it. To where, if you look at it now, it is much bigger and much better than what was already promised prior to its initial launch. And it's
1: pretty astounding. astounding that they haven't asked for money for any of those things.
4: I've no, th- mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the reason why they have not done any DLC that is paid DLC is because they they got so much bad press and so much of a a a poor reception early on. And I think they decided that they were not going to charge for any updates. You know, releasing anything that that the expeditions, for example, that have been—they've uh, been pretty spectacular. Uh, they had the the Normandy tie-in with Mass Effect, uh, that coincided with the remaster. Uh, they had they had a whole bunch of other stuff that that uh, has happened in these expeditions that they've made it completely better, and they haven't asked for money because they realized—I'm sure—they realized. I'm sure they realized that they got all this goodwill because of how they turned things around, and they would lose a lot of it if they started charging for DLC.
2: Yeah. The game has zero DLC as of right now.
4: now, I'm not going to say they will never do it, but I don't think they're going to anytime soon. How do you think they're still
1: paying the bills, then? By continual sales Uh, of the game, because it's still good? Because it's good Yes.
4: Yeah, it goes on sale pretty regularly, too. And uh, the player counts uh, jump up every time there's an expedition, I've noticed. And every time they announce a new major update, they get a whole bunch of uh,
2: new people playing. That so, is the one big upside of like huge updates. It's what fighting games do a lot. It's what games like Guilty Gear and Strive do a lot. If you have like a big update that adds a lot of stuff, people will actually join in because that generates publicity. People will go, oh, new stuff, and they get in.
0: See, also bear in mind with No Man's Sky, I can I compare it to... Uh, this the anniversary edition of skyrim you know and it's like which i didn't buy obviously but it's like okay what's this anniversary update oh well you can fish and there's four more quests you know it's a bit of an exaggeration but not much but you know when somebody does an update in no man's sky it is usually a very large change to the game there was an update where okay now you can manage your own settlement uh and the latest expedition i logged on and i said wow the inside of my spaceship actually looks like the inside of a spaceship now it's never been a little thing it's something that they could actually charge for as a dlc and they always just give it away
4: yeah and again it's a i think it's a case of goodwill yeah that they're doing it the way they are because if they wanted to... Now, granted, they do have merch. You can actually buy merch for No Man's Sky. Oh. But that is all external. It's not and it's also not
2: game the And also, the same goes for Elite. And the same goes for No Man's Sky. Oh so, so the same goes for Star Citizen.
1: And well, a lot di- of people... Sorry, go ahead.
0: The difference is No Man's Sky has zero microtransactions. It's merch, but it's not inside the game.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can buy you know clothing and stuff. That's that. Yeah, sure. There's there's physical merch that you can get, but there's no requirement. You don't get any tangible benefits to doing that. So, really, it is it is a case of they've earned this goodwill. They've they've clawed back. They they hunkered down when uh, when they launched, and then they just clawed their way back up, and they earned that goodwill.
1: You know what's interesting? I I know not everyone plays Elite Dangerous on Steam, but I just looked at the player numbers for both No Man's Sky and Elite. Uh, Right now, there are about 5,000 people playing Elite via Steam. There are over 14,000 people playing No Man's Sky.
4: Okay, There's also an an expedition that's currently in progress. Right, but
1: I, I think that tells you the power of goodwill. And,
2: what and, I was yeah. going to say is uh, the numbers were probably so bad it booted me out of Discord.
4: What happened? My Discord just
2: like had a random refresh. It just like crashed out. What the? Uh, when you, before you said the before you said the freaking numbers.
1: Uh, no, uh, yeah. So it's about four, five thousand for elite, and about a little over four. The, the peak so far today has been over fifteen thousand. For No Man's Sky, I mean, I think that right there is saying something. You know, yeah, what I mean? The
4: numbers are always higher when there's an expedition in play because there. When you play the expedition, it's like seasonal stuff in uh, in Inquisition. You you have a character that can't interact with anyone who's not already on the same expedition as you. So you could still have uh, your other save files going, but if you're on the expedition, you're only with the other people who are on that expedition at the time. So that's a big deal. And especially since it's an eight week expedition, you have a lot of people who are in it.
1: So those numbers go, those numbers go down for no man's sky when there's uh, no expedition.
4: Only by bit. I mean, you can, you can look at the number track,
0: but, uh,
4: but it always goes up by a lot when there is an exhibition going.
0: I've got an actual gripe about No Man's Sky. Ooh. When, it, when it comes out to switch to this fall, it won't be multiplayer. It'll only be single player. Now, I'm not too upset about that, but I was hoping it would be multiplayer. <laughs> but, you know, it's,
4: it's, it's an understandable gripe.
0: <laughs> but, you know, this is still, it's like, i still find myself amazed that that game fits on the switch and at all and this is like when someone says oh their skyrim is on a switch i said what you know but of course now somebody said oh we know the pregnancy testers i got someone got skyrim to work on one of those and uh so still i'm pleased it's gonna be there at all but that's i've always enjoyed the other players in no man's sky and that's Kind of disappointing.
1: Yeah, according to uh, Steam charts, like even month over month, there are more people playing No Man's Sky than Elite on Steam. It's just the numbers are crazy.
4: <laughs> it's it's kind of sad. <laughs> you know what's funny about No Man's Sky is that with the last update, they or one of the last couple of updates. They even increased the the fun of flying, where you could sort of slide your ship depending on how you have it equipped. You can have different upgrades that cause your ship to slide rather than just oh. uh, slow down. So you can sort of drift. It's interesting. Oh. It's really interesting.
1: Oh, they're making the oh! I don't have to jump back in there if they're making the space stuff better.
0: Also don't forget that now you can have your own squadron even if you're playing single player so you can do the whole pilot to bombardier thing you know and yeah a lot of fun
4: yeah you can have up to 4 npc wingmates that you hire by the way you actually go up to them and you like the look of their ship you hire them onto your squadron
0: and if you want to be a space pirate, there are pirate stations now. So you can be a, a space pirate and uh, rob the NPCs blind if you want, not players, just the NPCs.
1: Ooh. Oh, that might be my jam. I, I do
4: enjoy some yeah. good
1: space piracy.
4: And and you mentioned just wanting to do missions, Brian. You could ignore the main story completely if you really want to. Uh, you could... You could very early on start up a game, and then you get asked whether or not you want to follow the path of Atlas uh, when you're on your first planet. And if you just say you uh, you don't want to follow it, then you can skip the main story, and and just take on whatever missions you want at the space stations, or uh, fly down to a, fly into a pirate pirate station in a pirate system, and then fly missions for them. If you just want to fly missions, you have ways to do that. Oh, really?
1: You can just fly yeah. into a station and get missions
4: and stuff. Yes, yes. That's oh. been in there for that's been in there for years. Oh, Plus,
0: there's a geez. there's a player hub where you can get missions, but you don't have to do it with other people. But you can if you want to.
4: What? Yeah. Oh, for God's yeah. sakes! <laughs> I've told you about this before. You just never really. Uh, into it. Yeah,
1: so, no, I ha- I have it installed right now because I keep hearing how much fun this expedition thing is. So I have it installed right now. Uh, I'm gonna, it's, I'm gonna hard, try it.
0: it's hard for me to find something to gripe about with No Man's Sky. I'm right there with uh yeah, that's, with I enjoyed it from the start.
1: That is like the opposite of the show topic for today is no man in my opinion, is no man's sky, because like it's been such a it's been such a Cinderella story.
4: Uh, just you know, Jeremiah uh, brings up a good point here. Some people think No Man's Sky is bad just due to the launch. And there is someone we used to have on our Discord who actually got insulting because they had said that No Man's Sky is a terrible game and anyone who, uh, who supports that game now, this was years after the fact. That they said that whoever supports that game now is is stupid. They got really, oh, really aggressive uh, about it too, and okay, I, I uh, remember, ended up was getting that, banned from the Discord.
2: Yeah, was that like the one who like freaking? I don't remember what it was.
4: Yeah, that was. Uh, years they, they, back. they got That's very, brief. they got they got very very insulted by the the launch, and thought that anyone who supported that game now was you know being a shill or just as if the game is exactly in the same state it was at launch five years later or something to that effect
0: there's a lot to what jeremiah said there's a lot to that because look at the reputation bethesda developed before it was purchased and uh, actually zenimax but um they had a reputation for coming out with games before they were ready. And the games usually had more bugs than an Orkin man. And uh, early on, it was the players themselves that had to fix it. Fortunately, Bethesda gave the players the wherewithal to fix it. But that hasn't stopped being Skyrim, even 10 years later, being one of the most immersive games that's ever come out. And it didn't start that way, but a, Bad reputation is the hard thing to get rid of it's it's something that's easy to get and uh, hard it's hard to get back
4: now uh, Captain Ply mentions that uh, that they still own no man's sky on PS4 but don't enjoy playing it I don't know if if you've played it recently but it does feel different now I have it on ps4 and pc so I could I can say compared to how it was even just a few years ago, it feels very different.
1: Yeah. It, uh, like I only started playing it years ago and it just, it it, every big update adds a lot that it's just uh, such a really impressive thing that maybe you should revisit. If you still don't like it, fine, but give it another shot. <laughs> Cause
4: yeah, the big combat update a few updates ago really did, change up the space combat and you know now that you have a squadron the squadron doesn't really do all that much but they do take a take on some of the fire for you so it's a little bit like the buddies in rebel galaxy outlaw it won't necessarily change the nature of the fight but it will divert some of the fire away from you
0: Plus, my own personal bingo is this fall. You will be able to play it on Switch, and you won't which have to stone. leave. You won't have to leave your lounge chair in the backyard, and you can play Blackbeard the Space Pirate. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm
1: I'm amazed that they're putting that thing on the Switch, but I shouldn't be because Skyrim's on the Switch. I just got Wreckfest on the Switch, which is a re- PC racing game, and. If you told me I was playing a PC game, I'd believe you. Because on the Switch, it looks almost as good and runs like butter. I don't know how they're doing this stuff on the Switch, but it's amazing. It's amazing.
0: part of it is the new software they're starting to come out with. Uh, and part of it also is just the optimization. Somebody know, really knows how to optimize a game, as opposed to like what a friend of mine calls spaghetti code, and that's left in uh, an early version of the game of a uh, game engine he was using. But I think that's a lot of what happened. It's just they're good at optimizing.
1: It must be. It must be. Yeah. All uh, right. Did anyone else have anything they wanted uh, to moan about, or should we start wrapping up? Oh, Thor- uh, Thorsten, you uh, you wanted to uh, close with uh, something positive, I think.
5: Yeah. But also, but also yeah. yes, but No, go go ahead. Go oh, ahead, Jack. I was, no, I, I was mentioning that David had something to say as well, but oh. that's for later. Okay. <laughs> Thorsten, go. Well, I want to end on, on, on a bit of a positive note, especially uh, with, with Elite Dangerous, because the game itself I mean we mentioned it already uh, the flight the flight model is great the graphics are great the, the music and, and the, the whole sound is, is is great it just does need a, a few tweaks to make it to make it a really good and fun game and the only thing i don't really understand is is, is the fact that uh, despite input from the players uh front of foundry didn't manage to to do it and I hope, I really, really hope that under the new uh, new management and um, hopefully a new designer, uh, it, it manages it manages to to, to get its way. Uh, I mean, there are so many YouTubers who have put uh, uh, put out videos uh, showing showing what's what go- what's, what's wrong with the game and. Uh, I hope they, they they manage to do it. Same for uh, same for Star Citizen in 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 uh, in some regards. I really hope they they manage to 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 do it. I don't want both projects to fail. Seriously, while well, because because it's 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 everything we want. To be honest, uh, we want we want a game to 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 uh, to fly around, be Han Solo, and. Uh, <laughs>
1: No, I totally agree with you. I completely agree with you. Um I would love it if these games succeeded. Would 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 love if the
5: game succeeded. But I mean I mean both games, both yeah, games. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Not, I would I'm love not,
1: it. I would love it. I yeah. agree with you. I would love it if these games succeeded. It's just if they were good. It, 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 it's just it's just, it's, just, it's just day after day goes by and it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. I would love to be wrong. I would love to be surprised. I would, uh, but. Mm. Uh,
2: like I've said earlier, if Squadron 42 comes out, I'm gonna play it. Yeah. It might be garbage, exactly. but I'm gonna play it just for. Exactly. Just, just for putting out something.
1: And David, did you wanna say something before we wrap up?
3: I mean, I'm gonna bring down some more negativity here, though, so. Oh, well,
1: what what, what did you wanna. Let's. Okay, go ahead.
3: <laughs> well, I can't start with something positive. That's uh it's uh, forced and edit with something, or well, that's something a uh, accurate Why not? observation. Star citizen. So, people have bought ships, uh, playing the friggin' alpha, and you know that people people are not using those larger ships all the time, pretty much. Like the eight ninety jump and stuff that uh, men in newspapers are making architectural reviews about and stuff. They're not using those ships. You're using a little shuttlecraft. Why? Because it can land everywhere. It's hilarious. <laughs> so basically, you had a guy who has spent multiple hundred dollars on a spaceship, and then, like, oh, look, this is a ship that can land everywhere. It costs nothing. And it's available in game, and you can rent it for, like, nothing.
2: Oh, God, so really? It's kind of funny to see. Star Citizen is a great sightseeing game because a yeah. lot of the scope went into graphical fidelity.
3: Yep. <sighs> Especially when we come to the box missions. Uh, the Pisces, the shuttlecraft, is amazing doing that. So it's kind of fun to see that. <sighs> Instead of running, running across half a ship. It's, yeah, kind of in the little Yeah, it's pretty funny. So, uh, yeah, back to negativity. Uh, Elite Dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Did you guys hear about the Gnosis?
2: The what? No.
3: No. Okay, another uh, community group uh, event happened. Uh, I believe it was two years ago, maybe. Maybe 2019. So, we have a player group called Canon, which are, well... they're they're saying that they are a science uh, player group faction thing. So, as soon as someone sends out a a clue like, oh, the Fargoids are heading over here, they solve it within minutes. I don't know how to do it, but they do stuff. So, player groups can also get a player-owned megaship, which they can move around every server reboot. And they saw something. So... uh, you guys may know that there are actual star systems that are permit locked. I don't know how it works, but some systems are permit locked. And Canon noticed something very interesting. Deep inside the uh, territory, there was one star system that was not permit locked. No ship, no ship, how ma- no matter how much you engineered it, could get to that system, but a megaship could. So they uh, slowly but surely made a move uh, with their yeah, megaship uh, towards uh, that destination, every serve reboot. And uh, then they said to Frontier, we're going to jump there. Now, all our players, join us in, uh, and see what's in there. Let's be explorers. You know what happened?
1: Did did uh, Frontier take the system away?
3: Yeah. pretty much. Uh, they locked the system, and then the next uh, sort of reboot, the Gnosis was pretty much destroyed, and all players had to defend the ship. There's a little problem. Uh, no fire zone around the ship. So as soon as people uh, left the ship, they were under attack by Fargoids, and they couldn't open the fire on the Fargoids mm. because they were in a no-fire zone. So they were blown up by the freaking Gnosis and then sent to internment camp many light years away. That was a fun time. Uh, uh. So,
1: that's
2: oh, what I remember the incident,
5: incident now. Yeah,
2: when Frontier attempts to do a merchant Game. because that sounds really fun if they didn't mess up that part. If they didn't yeah.
1: hate, if they didn't hate their own players, if they didn't really mm. hate their player base, maybe that could have ended up well. But I think I literally do think they immensely, at the very least, immensely dislike their own players. <laughs> Anyway, it's incredible. Yeah. So I think we'll wrap it up there. My friends, (laughs) I think we've bitched enough. So please understand that we want elite and star Citizen to be good. We wish they were, we want them to be, we would love it if they succeeded, but time and time and time again, they let us down. And that's what I, and that's where this all comes from. It's just the constant string of disappointment over and over again. You know, fool me once, you know, blah blah blah. Fool me eighteen times, come on. So
2: there's an upper limit to this shit.
1: Exactly. So, so, but we would love it if these game, if if Elite and Star Citizen got turned around and ended up being great. We would love it. No one would love it more than us. You know. But mm. anyway, so next week on the show, my friends, we're gonna turn this on its head and we're gonna talk about things we love. We're gonna we're gonna have a very positive, happy fun time unicorn glitter show about fairies and, and happy things. So that's what we're gonna, that's what we're going to talk about okay. next week. <laughs> and
4: uh, we'll see you it if it might be sunshine and rainbows.
1: We don't know. Sunshine and rainbows and unicorns and someone's going to steal my freaking kidney. And
2: well, that sounds like <laughs> so <great. laughs>
1: no. And uh, so that'll be fun. And tomorrow we're going to return to stunt Island for our last entry. I don't think it'll be a shorter show. There's a lot of stuff we actually love. There's a lot of stuff we could gush about. I do not think it'll be a shorter show.
4: Now we would, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if all we were doing is being reductive because if no. all we were doing was being reductive, then uh, just go watch cinema lose sins. Our audience. <laughs>
1: at that point. What was that? Jacob? Just go watch what? Just
2: cinema sins. What's that? CinemaSins a, is not really that good it's a, it's a channel it's a channel about professionally nitpicking films
4: oh. except they except they make up a lot of the things that they nitpick that are actually explained within the things they're nitpicking it's a oh. channel it's a
2: channel about badly nitpicking films oh,
4: yeah it's not well. really that good it's oh. not no. Yeah, oh. cinema sense is pretty terrible. Actually.
1: Well, we had a great chat today. Thank you, everyone, for being so active in the chat. That was a lot of fun. It was great seeing you all. Thank you so much for stopping by. And with that, uh, we hope you're doing well. We hope you're staying safe. Take care of each other, please. And please, for the love of God, get vaccinated, uh, especially against COVID. If there's a, mo- if, uh, is there a monkeypox vaccine? I think Not there yet. is. Oh, there Not isn't yet. There isn't yet. Not okay, yet. they're okay. working on it. Okay, so at least get the COVID vaccine because eventually you're going to need the goddamn monkeypox vaccine and then you're going to need the polio vaccine because polio's back, y'all. We have that one already. The good news is we have that one already. Polio's back. (laughs) Party time. Oh, my God. (laughs) Again, good news.
2: At least we have the backstage now. I
1: know, I know, but for God's <laughs> sakes. Okay, have a great one, everyone. Be safe. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. i <laughs>